Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I am your host, Armand Haddad. This season, we are exploring the cinematic adaptations of beloved stories. Today, we are looking at the TV adaptation of one of Philip K. Dick's short stories in the Amazon series, Electric Dreams. But before we must kill all others, I am joined by a special guest, Joey Hunt, a local film enthusiast. Joey, welcome back to the show. Hi, thanks for having me back. Yes. So, okay, so we're talking about Kill All Others. So before we really get into that, how did you first come into contact with the TV show Electric Dreams? So I've always been interested in just sci-fi content in general, Mm -hmm. going back to like Battlestar Galactica and obviously Star Wars is where I began, as I think so many other people have with the sci-fi genre in general. Um, Specifically for Electric Dreams, I was always kind of aware of Philip K. Dick's stories, um, but I hadn't ever actually experienced them prior to the Amazon show specifically. I'd experienced some similar types of episodic uh, kind of explorations of sci-fi stories in the form of Love, Death, and Robots and also Black Mirror. Mm. and I enjoyed Love, Death, and Robots for them being kind of short vignettes. Um, and I enjoyed some of Black Mirror, but didn't gravitate quite as much towards Black Mirror just because it is so depressing so much of the time. Right. And so specifically, the episode that you brought up today, Kill All Others, is also a depressing tale. And it can easily fit into the Black Mirror uh, showcase. So... What's interesting is, so you mentioned like you have an affinity towards sci-fi. So with Electric Dreams, however, it's a little bit different sci-fi. It's kind of like almost the sci-fi wrapper of Twilight Zone, where it's like you have these anthology uh, serials and you're just peeking into this alternate reality. 
different universe where some sort of thing went wrong. And with Kill All Others, we look into this existence, this near future, where we have a very distorted view on society. And I think that's super interesting. So before this series, you were not familiar with Philip K. Dick at all. Correct. Yeah, You know, I agreed too with that sentiment because like, even though I knew who he was, you know, I was familiar with like Blade Runner, which takes huge inspiration from the book that he wrote. Do sheep, wait, do computer... Do robots dream of electric sheep? There you go. <laughs> so, which which is the name of this series um, that it came from. So I did not watch Electric Dreams. I always wanted to. I saw the trailer when it came out and I was like, ooh, wow, I want to watch that. But I never got into it. So would you say that Kill All the Others is kind of like the darker tale of Electric Dreams season one, or is it like pretty much in line with the rest of the season? I'd say it's, that's difficult to say really actually, even because they, they're all kind of their own standalone stories that happen in different universes even. Mm. And so they're all built to kind of explore a different concept of one kind or another um, in a sci-fi setting somewhat similar to Star Trek, but with a different cast of characters. Okay. Um, other comparable shows would be like Tales from the Loop as well, which mm. is still episodic, but it all happens within the same kind of town or geographic area. So you have some crossover of characters mm. that have impact on the other stories, even though each kind of episode focuses primarily on different characters for that show. For mm. Electric Dreams, they are all just totally separate there's really no connection from one episode to another. It's the kind of show where if you're into that sort of thing, it's interesting to watch as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, but there's probably ones that are just more like they would. It's, it's a batch of short stories. And so definitely coming out of any batch of short stories, there's going to be some that I recommend to some people and others I probably have forgotten. And because they weren't as good or just wouldn't return to kind of experience again, um, Kill All Others is definitely one that I think was more interesting and one of the strongest made for a really strong finish as the 10th and final episode mm. um, for Electric Dream season one, at least. Um, I don't think I've heard any word of whether they're making a season two or not, but either way, it'd be a, a tough episode to kind of follow. Um, Pretty certain it was canceled. That's very possible. I mean, sci-fi is not the strongest and based off of some of the actors uh, that they had in that show in general uh, combined with the special effects, which were generally pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, I can't imagine that it was like a massive money-making opportunity for them combined with just that genre being much more niche in general as well. Right. And with like a, a new IP, like I didn't get into it because like, I was like, okay, do I want to invest my time in a show that I'm unfamiliar with? Like I heard very little buzz about it. It's something new. It's not Black Mirror. It's not Twilight Zone. Um, so it's like, why should I even watch this? And like, you have that possibility of being a mixed bag where it's like, okay, are some of the episodes going to be good? Are they all going to be good? Like there is a series that I watched recently called Modern Love, which is also an Amazon original. And same thing, episodic. Each episode's its own story. And like the first three I was like, wow, these are really good. And then the series took a nosedive and it just wasn't good anymore. I'm like, I'm like, oh God, like you started off so strong and now the episodes and stories just suck. And it's like, I don't want to go through that with 
a new series where it's like, yeah, I was like, oh, it's so good. Oh, disappointment. But you specifically recommended the season finale, Kill All Others. So what drew you in to this episode specifically? I think it was just a really interesting commentary on um, just like the society that they depict within the this episode, but also kind of our own society as well. And that question of, is everybody just sheep? Are we going with the flow? Are we drones in someone else's um, you know, country? Or are we actually thinking for ourselves, what is right and wrong? Is it just what somebody tells us? Is it, is it something that we know internally? I'm um, kind of in a sense, just a, a lot of different themes of individuality versus uh, cohesion as like a country or society. Right. Cause like when I was watching this, I got like, George Orwell 1984 vibes where it's like the same exact story where you like, you have this individual, uh, Winston Smith who works for the ministry of truth and he's going up against the collective force of big brother and Oceania, the super state that he's in. And we have that story echoed in kill all others where you have, uh, this man who is just a dude and he is kind of, he finds himself under the thumb of this oppressive regime and then oppressive collective in the society that he lives in. So, yeah, very much akin to like a Black Mirror episode. When I was watching this, I was like, huh, okay, a little commentary on, today, on today's society and also, you know. I would say not even that he's necessarily like under their thumb or control but he almost has like a moment where he kind of wakes up or gains some like self uh like some some conscious thought of his own that goes beyond just accepting everything as he's told as it's told to him mm. and so you kind of see that in contrast to the other characters who all can't even understand the questions he's asking, why he would even ask those questions there, they're things that don't even make sense. And so that's kind of what then starts down this path of what are others, you know, in comparison to people of society. And it's something that's kind of intentionally left a little bit vague throughout the entire episode as well. Right. Like the imagery of this episode is so strong and so provocative. And it truly leaves you with something when you're finished watching this episode. So before we go any further, let's get into Kill All Others. So listeners of the show know what time it is. It's time for the elevator pitch. Please stand clear of the closing door. So for those that don't know, if you're selling a movie or a TV show on a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So here on Seneca Today, Joey, I need you to summarize Kill All Others. Within 60 seconds, while avoiding major spoilers. Are you ready? Yes. We're going to start in three, two, one, go. So Kill All Others takes place in a postmodern society of North America and Central America that is all one country, all in unison, all cohesive. Everybody basically agrees except for outliers that are known as others. And society has even moved to the point where... The um, campaigning for the next ruler or leader of the country has been distilled from 50 candidates to a single candidate 
for this final section of campaigning. And so there's not even a competition. It's just the candidate yeah. that everyone's going to be voting for. Um, and the candidate makes a statement that says we need to repair schools, things like that, and we need to kill all others. It's this statement that then our main character, Filbert, notices and um, has some trouble with reconciling what that means, what they mean, what the candidate means, and then the kind of the path that he that leads him down. Oh, my God. With one second to spare. Good job. So he recommended kill all others. And I was watching it and I was pleasantly surprised. It ends up being so politically motivated. And, you know, I have a soft spot for dystopian tales and like this fits perfectly in there. And so, like you said, there's over 50 candidates that was chosen to be the next ruler of the super states. Mex us can uh, a combination of Mexico, the United States and Canada. And then it was boiled down to one. So it's like, it's the illusion of choice. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have all these candidates, but then it gets boiled down to one. It's and it's like, not even revealed to us how these candidates were selected. Right. So we assume, based off of the events of the episode, that they were selected purely based on, like, they all probably had the same viewpoints. Mm -hmm. And so really just, like, different skins for the same character. Or, like, when you, if, <laughs> if you play, um, like I was playing... I was playing uh, Crash Racing just the other night, and you can choose whatever car and look that you want for your car, but that doesn't change the skills and abilities, which are all <laughs> just based off of the character that you chose at the beginning. So kind of like that, where you just have different skins, um, but at the core, it's all just the same thing. So it makes sense then to go through this voting that's almost like a popularity contest, in a sense, probably, that just reduces down to... The one candidate but we're also not even told like how that political realm works with like the voting and anything like that right because like that's like the background it's not like the main focus it reminded me of like societies that exist now cranked up to 11 so you have like russia where you have president putin who's been president for like 15 years and he's the only one that runs because like why would you run against him because he could end up being killed you know, it's kind of like this, like, well, and if you already have a perfect ruler and from Russia's you know, perspective, right. or at least the rulers of Russia, mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know where all your podcast is listened to, but probably just like some of this conversation would would disallow people <laughs> to listen to it in, in Russia or like other areas where you have sim similar circumstances of rulers. China. Yeah. Like, so it's like this rapper this facade of like oh we're a democracy we're we're the people's republic where like you can choose our rulers but your choice is one person and you must love us or else it's like the implication like you know you're not going to vote against us because of the implication so i thought that was interesting being portrayed in the candidate who's who is played by vera farmiga and she did a fantastic job she did she really did like she was, I mean, she was like the one name out of all these people, a uh, famous person. And she did a great job. Like her younger sister too. She played the witch in uh, American Horror Story Coven, if you're familiar with that one. Not familiar. Ah, gotta check it out. So anyways, um, with our main character, Philberts. So we see the society through his eyes where, you know, when you recommended it to me, I was watching it and I was like, okay, cool. We're in a city. And like, he was on this uh, train and I'm watching it. I'm like, this feels like, you know, the L, but it's not the L. And then approaching Washington and Wells. I was like, oh my God, they're in the loop. I know, I know what that is. And then you see McCormick uh, place and I'm like, oh my God, they, they filmed this. 
in Chicago. Is this why Joey recommended this? Because it's filmed right here. So cool. But watching it, you see this dystopian society where like it looks like our society, but it's a little bit more futuristic. And the, the political system is a little bit more sinister. And how did you feel about, I guess, the sense of control all of these aspects have on Filbert's life? Because it's like, it's like a low-key totalitarian state. Would you like to unpack that a little bit? Yeah, and I think it's it's almost in a sense a cautionary tale of total unification that we should be a little bit wary of everybody agreeing on everything perfectly. Um, and there are different parts of the world where they might even claim that different policies are universally accepted um, and then also have programs that are massive deterrents for people to you know believe a different way. So freedom of choice, you know, obviously is something that's very important to Americans, especially not that it's not important to people uh, throughout the rest of the world as well. Um, but so this, you know, obviously made sense then to set entirely in or primarily in the heart of America as this country of, you know, Mexus can. Right. Um, and so it definitely is, or seems like a very, you know, uh, j just an environment where everyone is kind of told what to believe or not told what to believe, but it's just assumed that everybody believes the same thing and that there'd be no reason to not believe kind of the same thing. And so I think even our main character, Filbert, mm -hmm would be in that category until he's like, wait a second, what, you know, what's this call other thing? And, and you have this right before then there's this um, kind of commercial that happens uh, as part of the political rally that you're, you're experiencing the very beginning of the episode where there's definitely like some subliminal advertising going on with like flashing images about like good and bad and stuff like that. Right. Um, and so kind of, maybe just hinting at some sort of, you know, brainwashing in a sense that it then is carried through as well with some of the therapy conditioning that goes on later on in the episode mm. um, where they're trying to help, you know, Filbert like return to just normal way of thinking as society sees it. And which, which is in a sense, just like not asking questions. Have you read 1984? I have not. I've seen the movie 1984. No. Okay. So let me let me give you a little rundown of it. So the ruling party that Winston Smith in 1984 is under, they have a, a slogan that war is peace, ignorance is truth, and freedom is slavery. So with this uh, kill all others uh, theme where you have like Filbert who does like the Neo moment where he's like he wakes up to reality and it's like, wait, hold on. He gets out of the hive mind and he was like, things aren't right here. This isn't right. So he has that moment because like society wants him to go back into the box. They want him to be ignorant, to not think uh, individually, but collectively. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, dichotomy between the character and the outside world where you have Filbert. His struggle is not... I mean, it is externally, but it's mostly internally because like there's a whole bunch of different stories going on. It's his uh, conflict with his work, his conflict with, you know, the government, the conflict with his wife, even. It's like you have all these points of uh, these pain points where he is realizing that reality 
isn't as good as it needs to be type of thing. Yeah, which kind of starts with this, what would be, I think, for anybody in the modern age, a totally normal question to be like aghast or at least surprised if a candidate were to say that we needed to, as part of our, you know, initiatives, kill a certain group of people. Uh And so he's like, he's like, well, that's, you know, that's it for the candidate. Like, you can't just say we got to kill people. Like that's, you know, like that's not going to fly. And like nobody else notices because the candidate is talking about, you know, eliminating people that are like not like-minded, which is an important part of any society because that's where you have checks and balances and people asking questions and accountability as well. Right. And what's interesting is like there's this level of censorship going on because like the candidate straight up says we need to kill all others on live TV. And he was like, well, this is going to sink her. Like, you can't say that. And then as he tries to find that clip from this interview, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Can't find it anywhere. And he goes through this like spiral of like, did I see that? Am I imagining these things? And like throughout the entire episode, like you have many moments of that where like he's the only one that notices. His coworkers didn't notice. His wife didn't notice. No one notices. And he like sees these signs of like kill all others. And it's kind of like haunting him in a way. But then as a, as the story progresses, it becomes more and more overt because people that follow and believe the candidate end up acting out this uh, message of killing all others. Mm-hmm. So this story, and this is important, it's adapted from The Hanged Stranger, which is from Philip K. Dick. Did you have uh, did you read that at all? Yeah. So I thought it was interesting because like you could see where they took the structure from from this short story. The short story is more sci-fi because it has to do with like aliens and like these bugs that mind control your brain. But like in the first act, which is I think more important and more poignant where you have this man who is hanged from a lamppost and nobody cares. And it, and it is seen as like a political dissident or something like that. And with kill all others, it takes that motif, takes that question and then cranks it up. And I think doing that made it a more powerful episode and a more powerful story to be told to people. And it kind of also builds to that point, though. So at the beginning, like I said, you have that kind of subliminal advertising image flashing going on. And then you have the candidate say this, like, almost like it's a throwaway line as part of her speech that nobody, like, notices. And then Filbert is watching and the interviewer that's interviewing the candidate is like, Whoa, you unpacked a lot. Like you said a lot there. Let's, let's back up and unpack, you know, one thing. And Philbert's like, all right, well, here, you know, here it comes like the big, you know, going to be revealed. And then the interviewer just like totally like didn't even notice that she said, you know, kill anybody or, or anything and just is kind of focused on something else entirely. And so then you also have different moments where Philbert's at work. And you establish that there's this billboard that he and his two coworkers can see like across the way that's advertising like a car. Mm-hmm. And um, like it, it kind of points out or, or makes it obvious in the background of the shot that that's what the billboard is. And then as the episode progresses and Filbert kind of gets to be more aware of what's actually going on, he's like stuck on a train. He sees this massive like subliminal like flashing of kill all others and like red and white 
um, that's just there for a split second and then gone and no one will believe him that it even happened. Right. And then, you know, not long after that, there's the kill all others billboard that's replaced the one previously advertising a car and it has like what his coworkers assure him is just a, a dummy for, you know, shock value mm-hmm. as part of the um, advertising as part of the advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was such a striking image because I also thought about another book that came around, that came out at around the same time. So the hang stranger was a short story in the fifties and then a decade earlier was this book by Albert Camus, uh, the stranger. Have you heard of the stranger at all? I don't think so. You might've heard about the whole premise. So this it's called Lestrange. It's uh, French. This man kills a foreigner on a beach and he feels nothing because it's the other. And with this story, Kill All Others, it's kind of like the opposite of it, where it's like you have this xenophobia sentiments, and it's through the eyes of somebody who's like, I don't agree with this. And like the norm is that's normal to be afraid of the other people, to be afraid to the point where we need to eliminate it, kill them. So we have this seemingly dead body, and while... The his coworkers don't care about it. They're like, "Oh, that's obviously fake. Uh, who cares about that?" Philbert's like, "Like this is wrong. This is disgusting. Like, how can anybody, you know, be okay with this? Like, the candidate can't be saying these sentiments. It's equivalent of like, if we had a president or a prime minister, straight up saying like, we need to kill this group of people. It's like, uh, well, it's, and I think Philbert is he's definitely concerned with like that statement as a whole." But he he quickly becomes even more concerned that no one else is concerned by that at all. And so that includes his wife, his coworkers, his boss, his therapist, um, and then even random neighbors that are like chasing down and bludgeoning somebody because that right. person is an other. And and he's he's like, how is this how could this possibly be okay for anybody to think that you can just injure not to mention actually like kill somebody for really unknown reasons as well. It's like, it's harking back to 1984 again, because like in that story, since the government controls all information, it kind of like, we're always at war with Eurasia. We've always, they have always been our enemy. And then if like the battle turns it's like oh we're always at war with uh this uh, i forget the other country but like it shifts the story because like those who control the information control the past control the future and with kill all others you have this leader who's like using that fear of like we have to kill all other people like whatever it is and like you have people acting it out in ways where it's surprising but also at the same time it's like you have a leader that has that type of influence and it's like you have Philbert who's trying to go up against it and like, I mean, I feel for the guy, but at the same time, it's like, what can one man do type of thing? So like, would you say that this story is relevant today? Definitely. So when this short story was made, it was made in the fifties. That was the height of McCarthyism where you had our government's kind of like using the specter of communism to like 
place fear into the American people. It's like, well, you're not a communist. Why are you a communist? Is your neighbor a communist? You better write out your neighbor. Because it's good for the country. It's better to be dead than red. And with Kill All Others, you have that sentiment echoed because of the original, the context of when the original story was made. Um, would you say that something similar is also going on in today's society? I don't know so much that something similar as much as the world has just become a lot more polarized in the last 70 years. Mm. And so as that happens and people kind of, or society almost as a whole begins to forget how to have civil conversations that are, have different viewpoints and values stories like kill all others become more important for remembering to like listen to people even if you disagree with their opinion in a sense yeah um in this case i think you know philbert is is obviously painted as taking a moral high ground here with questioning why it's okay to kill somebody you know in that case he's he's the you know the the outlier the going against the system going against the flow um which is not always the case with what you know what believes and so that doesn't mean that we should be giving weight to someone who's who's clearly making moral or ethical incorrect decisions um but i think that things do still start with conversations and so like for as far as relevant to today i think it's definitely relevant to to, to today and in comparison to like how our country started with people who had you know, general agreement of things, but totally different ways of playing that out as far as like creating a country and setting up a country. Right. Um, this is even more relevant now as the different sides of political systems and what unites people and what separates people continues to uh, become more dramatic. Right. And yeah, I do agree that our society has become so polarized and there's this threat of having a political candidate who uses their platform to disseminate hate and people will believe it. You know, it's like you and I are sensible people, but there are those that aren't sensible. You know, like I love this George Carlin quote where it's imagine the dumbest person you can think of. And guess what? There's people even dumber than that. And it's true. And like, I'm not saying that you have to be smart to not, fall into the trap of like xenophobia or intolerance because smart people do, but it's just when you're not, when you don't have that level of discernment and critical thinking where you're like, okay, is what this person's saying, is it true or is it false? Some people would just blindly accept it. It's like, you know what? Going back to the hive mind concept, you have the society where everyone has the same view. And if you don't have the same view, you're, outcasted and that's bad because it's morally or mortally implicable because like you could die from it. Hence the candidates saying we need to kill everyone that doesn't agree. And those people are viewed as, yeah, a danger to that society, which is in total agreement. So, you know, you have this interesting dichotomy of which, which I think is really true for, for real life as well, where everyone believes that they're in the right, which is the same as well for, anything within the political system and, you know, a lot of different topics throughout society and even America at present where you're going to have, um, no, no one is walking around really believe thinking that they're believing something that is wrong. 
because everyone thinks that when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. They're doing the right thing. You know, like no dictator... No bad actor thinks that they're doing something evil. Mm -hmm. They think they're doing the right thing. It just is at the cost of millions of people, you know? So let's turn the clock back just a little bit to kind of recent history because I just thought of it right now. Um, we had a similar ideology in America not too long ago. Like fast forward from McCarthyism to early 2000s with Bush. After the attacks of uh, September 11th, he went on and had a State of the Union. It was kind of like a call to all nations when he was forming the coalition against terrorism. And he said, if, if you're not with us, then you're with the terrorists. And so different context, but kind of similar sentiment where it's like you're either in line with us or you're the enemy. So do you think that's comparable to like kill all others do you think that could have been an influence because it wasn't that long ago i think a reoccurring political and also military strategy throughout all of time and history is that it is easier to unite people against a common enemy than in favor of a common cause mm. and so anytime you have a common enemy um for example so for example the the only way I really foresee all of the world be, becoming united is if extraterrestrial life is confirmed and poses a massive threat to humans here on Earth. Mm -hmm. Apart from that, I think it's probably healthy that we have different societies which have different values that are unique to their individual societies that continue to function as individual societies. But I think that like even even more recently than just early 2000s, we have this mentality that that I don't I don't really 100% agree with and it is a little bit controversial because it's still kind of a current topic but we have this mentality that if someone is a nazi then it's okay to do violence towards them so in a sense with that you know which is kind of overlooking the fact that these people are still people and human mm -hmm. and should be given you know courtesy of respect as human beings regardless of atrocities or organizations they're a part of and not defending nazis at all for the terrible things that they've done obviously but that is kind of a a dark path that is not so dissimilar from this idea of killing all others which is much more dramatic and not founded on anything that we see in this episode um entitled kill all others but we do have that kind of mentality that's leaning that way, that if you can convince yourself or other people 
that this person or persons is part of an organization that everyone's agreed is not good, then it's okay to do, you know, uh, violence or hunt down these people to make them, you know, pay for their crimes with vigilante justice or um, just, you know, a variety of, of things. So two points to that. So I want to get, this was the point I wanted to make earlier. I'm glad that you bring this up because in the society of kill all others, while it's not clear why the government is going after these dissidents, um, but they are clearly the scapegoat for whatever political cause they want to make. And this is the same effect in 1984, where you have the scapegoat as the enemy nations uh, to rally the people under one banner. It's like, okay, we have everyone going after this country or that country, and we can have a very well-efficient society, a war machine. And with Kill All Others, it's probably the same effect. We, we don't know because like, we don't know the outside world beyond Mexus can. From a philosophical standpoint, I do agree with the marketplace of ideas. Good thoughts, more acceptable thoughts that more people subscribe to will beat out more fringe ideologies, more fringe uh, hate groups. However, it gets a little bit dicey and gray when it's like, okay, should you punch a Nazi? Yes and no. Do they deserve it? Yes and no. But the, the, the issue is, when you have these radicalized groups, they do pose a, a threat to a free society because they don't subscribe to the social contract, I guess, because like their ideology is incompatible with the American way, you know, because like America is founded upon we're all born equal. Everyone was created the same. It's like, that's, that's the viewpoint with Nazism. It's, it goes hand in hand with white supremacy, and that's not at all compatible with American ideals. So it's like, how can you have this group and support this group that opposes what American society advocates? Like, for example, the ACLU. They, they would say, like, yeah, we support – I mean, we don't agree with the Nazis, but we support their right to express their ideas, even though these Nazis – if they were to have their way, they would abolish the ACLU. Mm -hmm. So it's like, how can you support or not support, but how can you give a platform to people that would easily deplatform you if they had their way, you know? Totally. Yeah. And that's a very complicated, you know, subject that I think American society especially is, is trying to figure out or, or, or at least navigate through um, in a sense. And I think it's, it's not, it's kind of exacerbated by just the polarization that we see of both sides determining that their side is the, you know, kind of only viewpoint for a lot of topics right. or not that it's the only viewpoint, but you'd have to be an idiot to believe something else um, that's, you know, different or contrary to that, that perspective. And so that then just allows for, um, you know, or, or rather opens the door for these scenarios that could be not totally dissimilar to what you have in Kill All Others, where it's, you know, focused on, in that case, like eliminating the people that are not in total agreement with the 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 masses. Um, I think in the case of Kill All Others, it's also clear that the masses are not really making the best choice as a whole in this, uh, at, you know, at this point in 
in uh, future future history. Right. Let me unpack that a little bit more. So I know I'm making all these literary references uh, in the book Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. It's kind of a similar outlook from George Orwell's 1984, except one key difference. And in Kill All Others, it's kind of like a fusion between 1984 and A Brave New World. Because in A Brave New World, it shows a, uh, it shows a society where people are controlled, not by force, not by a jackboot, but by their own pleasures. And in Kill All Others, the side story with Philbert, him and his wife are having, I guess, marital issues where they're not truly paying attention to each other. They're not showing the love towards each other, but they're showing, well, his wife specifically, is showing affection towards these advertisements where it's like the semi-real holograms of like people advertising whatever product. Like Philbert gets targeted ads for like, this cowboy shaving cream or something, which is really funny. But with her, she's specifically buying this coffee brand because it shows this uh, very good looking man. And like, it's kind of like this uh, fantasy for her to have like this handsome dashing uh, younger person, like giving her affection Mm -hmm. while Fulbert is like thrown at the wayside because like, how's he supposed to compare to like a supermodel type guy? Yeah. So then he, uh, like not in retaliation, but like I guess in the same vein, because like, well, if she's doing it, I'm gonna do it too. So he buys like this cheese brand, and like he gets like kind of like Polly's girl looking uh lady, where it's like this Bavarian, uh, very busty with like uh cheese. Like, oh, you want some cheese? Have some of this too. And it's like, so you have this society that's controlled by their pleasures. They're mm-hmm. not truly having the time to critically think where they're like, okay, is this society benefiting me because they're distracted by all of the entertainment. And you see that with his coworkers too, uh, at the end of the episode. Yeah, uh, definitely. And like they kind of underline that, um, that component of society with inside Filbert's house, there's like a Wi-Fi point in every room, basically. Or I, I think they're they're probably just as much like the projectors for these uh, digital holograms. Yeah. And in the like hallway, there's just like 25 of them on the wall. So like this is there is no part of people's life that is not connected to somewhere else and sending data to somewhere else as well. Um, and then. His coworkers are kind of like all in denial, and one of them's like, "Wait, do you think Filbert's an other?" And the other one's like, "No, he's not. Like, yeah. he's definitely not. Almost, almost making you wonder if like this guy is and just as good at hiding it or something like that." Which I, <laughs> I don't really think is the case, but they kind of leave it to like, why you know, why do they just assume that he's not? And and then at at the end, like, there's the news story of of basically what happens to Filbert Mm -hmm. and how he basically ends up replacing the person or mannequin that was in the kill all others billboard advertisement. And it's on the news, what happens to him, everything like that. And then the statement of like, this is why we need, you know, others are dangerous. This is why we need to eliminate them from our society. And his coworkers are playing pool in like a, a billiard hall and like the the news story ends and it switches back to the soccer game and they go on with their lives like literally nothing has happened yeah and that that's a perfect encapsulation of that theme where it's like 
So like in Kill All Others, like I said, you have this fusion between like this authoritarian jackboot society where you have a leader that says, we need to kill all others. And then at the same time, people are controlled through their mind by entertainments because like you get the news reel that, oh, and it paints Filbert as like this terrorist, like, oh, look at this other terrorist coming from Chicago. And then it quickly turns to the game and like his, his coworkers like, well, all right. And it's like, it's a perfect representation of like people, just the, the indifference people have towards uh, important things. Cause like, I would argue that uh, our political system, our world, current events are very important and people need to be aware, but a lot of people don't subscribe to it. They rather be safe and they rather be entertained. And you have that, uh, I guess, point of contention where it's like, you want to inform people, but people just are indifferent towards it. And like this episode perfectly illustrates that with the coworker characters. You know, they're showing a society that relies entirely on the media feeding them everything that they need. Yeah. And you even have points where Philbert and his two coworkers that are the only humans that really work at this plant and they just do quality control are talking about like, whether or not they're actually even needed or like why they're there. And it's this like brief conversation where it's like, Hey, do you ever wonder like they've got a whole plant that's all robots, but they need three people. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, you know, that was part of the agreement with the, uh, um, with the oh. quality control. Well, doing qual- they they mentioned that like robots can't do quality control, yeah. but also that like their union, this mm. is what they fought for. Mm. That was the word I was looking for. Um, and uh but it's it's almost always the answer to Filbert about any of his questions is like don't worry about it like why are you worried about it like right there there isn't there's no answer actually provided it's just this response of you know just go about living your life like go through go through the motions like a normal person stop mm-hmm. you know trying to like stress yourself out by asking stop, questions stop thinking Exactly. Why are you thinking? Yeah, that that also echoes back to Edward Snowden when he whistle blew the whole NSA operation of like, yeah, you know how you think people are spying on you? They are. And I remember talking points when that happened was, well, if you have nothing to hide, why should you be worried? Just go about your day. It's like, that's not the point. But that's almost like they say that almost exactly in Kill All Others as well, where it's like, if you're not an other, then you have nothing to worry about. Obviously, like yes. it's only the others that should be concerned because we're going to find you and we're going to kill you. But if you're not, which most people aren't, then you're okay. Like nothing to worry about. Just, you know, keep living the life we tell you to live. So dare I say what also makes this story relevant 60 years later from its original publication uh, in the short story is that we kind of see that with... I guess, censorship, where it's like, oh, if you have nothing to worry about, who cares? Who cares about these people that are being, quote, deplatformed? But what's stopping that from that happening to you? It's like, say you gain, like, clout, say you gain influence, and then that system goes after you. It's like, what makes somebody an other? Because when you move the goalposts, you know, what's stopping it from you being in the crosshair? 
you know? I think that's a giant fear. I think that's one of the main questions of the episode as well, you know, and it's kind of this, be, because it's also not defined what it is exactly that makes people others other than the fact that Philbert is asking questions, mm-hmm. like, and is not just blindly accepting, which seems to be really his only crime, quote unquote. Um, it's, it's, you know, just painting this picture of we should be wary of giving that power, that, you know, decision as far as what puts people outside of our group, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, in a sense, very subjective or, or can be very subjective rather than objective. This is a doozy of a episode that you recommended, let me tell you, because like it's so poignant and so relevant on so many different issues because you have the aspect of like automation taking people's jobs away. You know, you have automation that is doing great things. You know, it's it's uh, streamlining and making better products. However, you lose the jobs aspect of it or you create new jobs from it. But you need a higher sense of skills to do these things. So it's like you need additional training and people just don't have it. So you have a huge population being left at the wayside that is kind of like the subtext of this one plot point with the whole factory that he works at where it's like, he says like, why do we need three people here? You have robots doing everything else. And like their first reaction was, are you trying to get rid of our jobs? So it's like, that's already like a sentiment at the forefront. It's like, Oh, I want to keep my job. Oh, we're doing quality control. That's important. Mm -hmm. You need humans to do that. And so better to not ask questions and just keep your job rather than go down that line of, questioning and then potentially risk that job which they also don't they don't really say then what happened to all the other people that would have worked at this factory before it was fully automated right um but we assume something off screen because we're not just seeing like masses of people walking around the chicagoland area at any given point in time or masses of cars or like the public transportation holds like maybe 12 people total at a time and I don't think it's full at any point either when Philbert is riding on the uh, like the train or the public transit. Right. And side notes, they said he was on the pink line and the orange line. So someone that rode the L before pandemic, they filled that up like, okay, so you've been to Japan. So you know how congested that bullet train gets where they're like shoving people in. Well, not the bullet train, but they're, yeah, they're inner city transportation. Yeah. The L was that congested. So it's like we're in this society where I think it takes place in like 2050 something where it's like two people are in each car and it's like, whoa. So I'm not saying maybe it's just an like an extra type thing, but like you don't see the masses of people in this society. There are kind of. And I think they were trying to also paint a picture that society as a whole doesn't really use the public transportation anymore. So Filbert right. is already a little bit of an outlier because of that. Also, like, yeah, we just we the only time we see like a large group of people is in these like the uh, political conferences in, you know, for the crowd that's there at this like recording of political conference. Kill all others. Kill. All. <laughs> um. So let's switch to this society while not saying anything. It has the subtext of all of the fears of America. So let's start to get off the fence. So I have a question for you. Do you think the threats of fascism or neo-fascism in today's society 
is still relevant in our modern age, in our modern society. Uh, definitely. I think you know there's the possibility for that, at least for anybody to just be so tied to a specific ideal that they're willing to go to any lengths to spread that ideal. You mentioned it before with the polarization of America, because I think the threat is not from one side or the other, but both sides. Oh, totally. And the thing with fascism is it's always veiled. It's never overt because no one, like if someone went on the grand stage and was like, all right, we need to consolidate all power to me. Like we need to do this and that. And it's like, that wouldn't fly at all, but it's always cloaked with other agendas, other initiatives. And I think, while I don't think fascism could ever rise in America substantially, I think that threat always looms because like, so America was like the first democracy in the world, successful, and that wasn't that long ago. No, so America is America's like, still a very young country, all things considered. So like this idea of like this experiment of like having power to the people and like the exchange of power and like this rotating uh, ideologies being, you know, in the seat of power, it's like it's still new. People live to be 100. America's 200 years old. That's two people ago. It's not that long ago. Yeah. So it's like, it is the, I think, yes, it is a threat still, but it's also like we need to preserve the the flame of freedom in a sense, whatever shape or form that is, where we need to protect America, you know, from these outside threats that want to dismantle our ideology and our way of life. So we can't let kill all others happen, uh, Joey. We can't. Let I it agree. <laughs> so my next question is: So since I mentioned America, would a Mex us can? Yes, we can. Situation where we have the super state, aka a North American Union. Do you think that could ever be a possibility? I think it's more likely than all of the world unifying together, or even than a lot of other world, other parts of the world unifying together in a manner that's outside or beyond conquest. Mm-hmm. Um, realistically, I think it's not something that's likely to happen just because of different amounts of debt and culture <laughs> that are not going to coincide. Like uh, there, there'd just be situations where like Canada wouldn't want their current system to have to cater to Americans mm-hmm. as far as like what they provide for, you know, with taxes for like healthcare and things like that. And then America wouldn't want to provide, um, you know, their benefits of society to Mexico because of the additional cost. And so, you know, I, I think most countries at this point in the world are pretty much done expanding outside of countries that still have some conquest endeavors in different you know, parts of the world or just right. continually fighting over the same area back and forth. Yeah, you know, when the EU was a when it started, um, people were instantly looking towards here, like, okay, is it our turn? Are we going to have a North American Union, one currency, just like the Euro, Amero? Um, but I don't think it could ever happen because, like, like yeah, we have NAFTA, where we have, like, this free trade between all three nations. I don't think a super state, like how they put it, could ever be a thing because like we're three very different societies Mm -hmm. and America already has a whole bunch of different societies. So does Canada. 
I just don't think it could ever be a possibility. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's even present when you compare just the different types of like climates and geographical areas that mm-hmm. Europe uh, constitutes compared to, you know, uh, northern Canada all the way down to uh, southern, you know, uh, Central America. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just you have such a wide range of different types of needs. Mm-hmm. It's unlikely that we're going to be able to have the same sort of train and transportation system that a lot of Europe has that allows for much quicker and easy access um, across the different countries in Northern and Central America. Uh, Whereas within America itself, which is already kind of like 50 different individual countries or societies that are united together, then to add in multiple other countries that also have their different regions would just be quite the undertaking. Yeah, that would be that would be nuts. Cause like imagine I mean that's a huge chunk of the earth that's just like under one flag. It's like, yeah, it's like from a conquest standpoint, it's like, oh, that would be quite the feat to have that under one government, but like to rule over such vast amount of people from different cultures, I don't think it could feasibly happen. I think it would quickly fall apart. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Moving to the episode. Do you think Kill All Others is a good representation for the Electric Dreams season? That's a tough question because the... Kill All Others is probably one of the less sci-fi beyond just some of the like theoretical concepts. Um, you're not dealing with this dramatic, you know, difference in technology or like androids or um, aliens or anything like that. Like, uh, like they do in some of the other, um, some of the other episodes, I would say it's definitely one of the strongest episodes and it'd be the one that I would recommend above most of the other ones from the season. That's interesting because like, it's interesting that you say it's the least sci-fi one because like when I was watching it, I felt all the sci-fi elements were kind of shoehorned in to make it a little bit more futuristic because like, even though the advertisements are pretty crucial for one of the themes, like you kind of didn't need that. And like with uh, Philbert listening to these uh, 
propaganda pieces. He's using like futuristic AirPods that glow. And I was like, okay, we kind of didn't need that. It's like, and then like the whole infrastructure of Chicago is very futuristic, kind of like Batman Begins, where it has like, you know, this huge uh, train line. You kind of didn't need that either. So like all the sci-fi elements kind of felt like aesthetically put in like, okay, we need a, it's electric dreams and you need to make it more sci-fi. The technology level feels like it's only a few years down the road from where we are now rather than space travel and Mm -hmm. um, intelligent life in the form of artificial intelligence. So, like, if you look at today and then back to 2000, it's a huge leap in technology. Because, like, back then we weren't even dreaming of going to Mars. And now it's, like, probably a possibility within the next five years. So, like, this story takes place in the 2050s. So that's, like... 30 years on us. So it's like you would see an astronomical jump in tech. So I don't know. I mean, they could have said it in whatever time period they wanted. If they wanted to make it easy, they could have said it now. You didn't have to put in all that sci-fi junk. Yeah. I think it's more for that progression of the geopolitical landscape that would have to take place. Wouldn't be something that would happen in just like, you know, right now or a few years time without, without just, immediately telling people that this is an alternate version of like our current reality. Right. I was about, I was about to suggest that where it's like, you could have had some little exposition sprinkled in where it's like, Oh, you know, since we lost world war two and you know, kind of like a man, in the high castle situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they did a good job. I think it was a, a smart decision to set it in the future, despite me griping about the sci-fi being shoehorned in. So my last question for you, do you, would you recommend Kill All Others to a friend? Obviously you did for me. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just very thought-provoking regardless of where you are on political spectrum or just different hot-button issues that we have in current society and in America specifically. Um, it just makes for some very interesting discussion and just consideration of those themes that Philbert is dealing with, those questions that he's asking – and how he interacts with those things in comparison to everybody else around him as well. Right. And I would recommend this too uh, to anybody that's specifically politically minded because where I think this episode shines is it just poses the question. It doesn't pose an answer. Mm-hmm. just says, this is the situation. This is uh, what Phil Bird is doing. This is what the stance he's making. This is the government response. What do you think about it? And it doesn't provide an answer of like what should be done, what's the moral thing that should be done. It just presents the situation, and then you have to draw mm-hmm. your own conclusions from that. I think that's a very effective uh, storytelling technique because like it leaves you, you know, pondering that. Because when I finished watching this episode, I was like, okay, like where does my worldview fit into this? Like, could a society even come up uh, from America? It's like, well, the answer is yes. But like, in what shape or form would that be? And what do the conditions have to be for America to even fall into that trap, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, to anybody on the political spectrum, this is a very interesting thought experiment. And it generates, you know, it would generate a very interesting conversation from there. Definitely agree. Are you ready to wrap this up? Yeah. All right, let's do it. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about Kill All Others by Electric Dreams. Please check it out where it is available. And before I go, Joey, thank you so much for coming on to this episode. 
Glad to be here. Glad to be discussing kill all others today. Yeah, we must kill all others. But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicates. That is Syndicates on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Have Discord. Feel free to join the growing film community there at syndicate.com forward slash Discord, where you can catch myself, other podcasters, and listeners talking about this show and others. But if we miss anything during this conversation, please send us a message at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye. Goodbye.